Welcome to Meta Talks, where we bring in experts to dive deep into all things metaverse. With your hosts, Kate Hancock and Daniel Robbins. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Meta Talks. Today we have Dominic from iBlocks and Zero X Battleground, and we're going to dive in about all things blockchain gaming, what they're working on, what's the future. What does Dominic think about the industry? Is the industry dead? Is it alive? Is it booming? I want to hear, and I know the audience does as well. So Dominic, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Yeah, I, was the, I know we're going to dig into your background, but before you do, I was really surprised. There was a report that just came out about how blockchain gaming is blowing up in terms of usage for blockchain and how... Mm -hmm. What they were saying is for mass adoption, it's going to be critical for the gaming side. Before we dig into that, though, I think the audience would love to hear. And I want to know from you, what is your background and how did you get into iBlocks and now Zero X Battleground? OK, yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Dominic. I'm, I'm 40 years old already, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, time is yeah, flying. Um, yeah, OK. Um, I come from a corporate uh, investments and trading background. I've been basically a derivatives trader and, and futures trader all my life. Um, developed um, algorithmic trading strategies um, and, and managed um, um, large, large trading books on the institutional side. Um, my convergence to crypto and the whole blockchain industry um, happened in, in 2016. At that time, I was still working um, for one of the largest banks in the world. And um, I wanted, I, I was back on the trading floor of that bank um, and I wanted to trade again. And uh, when you work in, in these huge banks, um, there are so many restrictions um, because you could potentially have um, access to insider information and you need to pre-clearance of every single trade. You have minimum holding periods. So um, trading uh, from a bank's perspective, trading your own book from a bank's perspective is is next to impossible, especially if you're like a short-term trader. So one day um, I had lunch with uh, friends of mine, uh, friends also from the trade control room and compliance, and um, they um, mentioned once, yeah, Dominic, that's true, but I mean, you can create these crypto things, you know, the cryptocurrency, we don't care, right? You can do whatever. You just have to declare it that you're trading that, and, and that's, uh, that's the point then. And I was like, okay, well, cool. Let me trade crypto then. And that was uh, in 2016. Um, since I was still working in the bank, I, I developed a couple of um, trading strategies, um, market making algos and arbitrage trading algos. Uh, so I didn't profit from this huge bull market that started in 16 and, and went to 17 because um, I was always market neutral. But that was pretty much my, my entrance into crypto and um, thereafter left the bank and, and founded iBlocks. So, yeah. So tell me, <laughs> now that the, um, the, with the current market the way it is, how do you feel about how it's going. Everyone seems to be rallying. Of course, positive news spreads really good in this in, in a bear market. But how do you yeah. how do you feel about you know, the future? Yeah, I think the future um, looks looks bright in general for for Web3 and, and blockchain um, as an overall industry. Um, we see a lot of adoption, I think, also in 2022, although the market itself was brutal and and um, 
I would say bad actors, bad players in the market um, got washed out. I think when a, when a market is is so new, is so young and so fresh, um, um, these things always happen, right? And the correction that uh, cryptocurrencies had uh, in, in the last year was was not um, was not out of the blue, right? I mean, if you look back in the history of of Bitcoin, for example, you see all of these cycles all the time where Bitcoin and and uh, drops eighty percent, ninety percent. This happened multiple times, right? So um, it was, I think, it was overdue a correction. Um, of course, I would have wished it it would have not been that brutal. You know, I, we at that time when Bitcoin was trading at um, 69,000, we were expecting, okay, um, there's probably going to be a retracement to like 30, 35, something like in that range. But um, uh, not more than that um, was, was kind of like the original expectation. But uh, having said that, I think uh, it wasn't it wasn't a huge surprise. Uh, nevertheless, when you look at activity and and all of the positive things, the things that in you know earlier you know in the bull market would have made a huge um, move in in the prices, um, those went pretty much un, unnoted, Austin almost you can say. So I think uh, one of the big adoptions um, came in the market is like. You know, fiat on ramps. You know, like MetaMask uh, accepting now suddenly uh, bank transfers and and lots of credit card on ramp providers, which is needed, right? Because you need to onboard the, the 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 other users that are not so familiar with crypto. And I think this is something that um, will maintain uh, throughout this year, especially. Um, we've seen the beginning of the year was was very strong. Um, I think, especially gaming. Um, Gaming cryptocurrencies uh, up um, over a hundred percent on average. Gala Games is up over two hundred percent, and and others as well. So significantly outperforming uh, the market, the benchmark. If you take Bitcoin or Ethereum as a benchmark, um, so on that end, I think it's it's very good. Investment sides, I think the sentiment um, in in the last year, at the end of the year, was was really bad. I think it was at an all time low from a sentiment perspective um even more more proud that we have actually um succeeded uh, with our fundraise we've just recently raised five million dollars um wow. and um thank you thank you yeah but i think it's picking up um january has already seen i think over 150 million in investments um and on-chain activities is the thing that is the most interesting i mean gaming is 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 very active in in the whole blockchain uh, market like you mentioned um, um right now we're seeing about um, 50 percent of all the daily active wallets are connected in some sort of form to gaming wow that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's mass adoption. It's like 2021, everybody wanted to do mass adoption. Like the business model of everybody yeah. was like mass adoption, mass adoption. But, it, you know, it seemed to be you know, with all these virtual worlds and stuff, the only one that was really winning was Roblox, Fortnite, yeah. right? Roblox not because like 60 million daily active users, something insane. So mm -hmm. I think that showed gaming people that game are really the ones that are taking it on and moving. So let's, let's talk yeah. about that. And I think we read the same report. They were also mentioning gala games and some other ones as well. Um, but so, yeah, so, you know, in the, I'm in the Philippines and in the Philippines, there was the Axie and it was kind of mm. a disaster because people quit their jobs and they went all in on this game and, and then yeah. they had to go back to working afterwards. So 
What is the future, though, of blockchain games? And do you agree with or disagree with people saying, you know, change it from play to earn to do play and earn or, you know, complete maybe change that whole the verbiage around that. But what is the future of blockchain gaming? And then also, what's the future of just any earned model? Yeah, I think that's a, a very good point. You you nailed it there. I mean, obviously, with the play to earn components, um, um, it was a huge driver in the bull market. No question about it. I mean, uh, but it's also something that is very unique. Um, and, and I want to mention that specifically. What we see currently, and, and we have seen this especially in the talking to institutional investors in the last quarter, um, or actually just before um, FTX imploded because we stopped all fundraising talks at that time. Because if you're bleeding the whole year and you're losing money the whole year as a VC, uh, having to invest in, in Web3 gaming... Uh, then it's unlikely you want to make an investment in the last month or two of the year, right? You're rather happy. Let's wait until January, start off fresh uh, with a zero and and then move on from there. Now, having said that, um, it was super interesting to talk to all of these VCs because I had such a deja vu to my times at Credit Suisse and in the corporate environment because when I was uh, obviously went into blockchain and, and cryptocurrency and I at that time in 2016, I've taken a look at the tech, right? I, I mean, I was interested in the trading part, but the tech is always something that uh, I want to understand and I want to get into. And this, this notion or this, this slogan in 2016, 17, 18 was always from a corporate side, blockchain is amazing, crypto is crap, right? Forget crypto tokens, really, really bad, blockchain great, right? And I was like always sitting there in awe and I'm like, but this doesn't make any sense. I mean, why would anyone um, run a, a validator node, a node himself, if he doesn't have any incentive for it like this doesn't work in the in the terms of a public blockchain uh, this seems like to me you're saying having a car is great but the engine we don't want because it consumes energy right and um in in crypto gaming right now there seems to be a similar notion i have like literally a deja vu here because most of the vcs and most of the institutional investors they're like on this path that, yes, gaming and crypto fits together in a sense that if you build a game and you in integrate NFTs into the game, you have this asset ownership and all the benefits that come with that. Um, that's great, but don't do a token, right? Because play to earn or play and earn or play, earn and own. To me, this is all the same thing. This is all naming convention. Come on. I mean, let's let's be honest, right? Um, the model itself um, is is what matters. And here's the big thing. I think this is also where, where people, especially on the institutional side, make a huge mistake. If you say, um, okay, we only want to focus on games that have only NFTs, that don't have a token, you're completely missing out in our opinion. And the reason is, if you look at the numbers, in uh, 2021, when obviously the, the, the bull market was in full swing, um, when especially uh, by the time when Facebook announced the name change to Meta, everything exploded, you have these these exponential and crazy growth. Axie Infinity, for example, since you mentioned it before, um, in November 2021, Axie paid out $660 million in a single month in play-to-earn rewards, right? I mean, it's huge. And when you, when you think about that, 
the big traditional gaming studios, they cannot afford to pay out $600 million in a single month, right? Because that's like advertising budget. And I don't see even the, the, the very large players, I don't see their advertising spend uh, reaching those levels. More impressively was also the, the growth and the... I mean, those were copycats, you know, but you had these projects. For example, let's take Pegaxi. They went mm -hmm. from $3 million um, in, I think it was October 2021, to $300 million in paid out rewards in as little as three months. I mean, absolutely mind-blowing, right? It does not mean that what happened there because of the play-to-earn structuring, and let's face it, in my opinion, many of these play-to-earn games were rather structured like a Ponzi scheme, right? Which it's never sustainable. Even with um, without the beer market kicking in, many uh, play-to-earn economies would have collapsed because uh, mm -hmm. it's a mathematical function at the end of the day, right? If you have more outflows than inflows, your token has to go down. And if you're paying out... Um, 50%, 100%, 150% returns in a single month, I mean, you have to double your user base, right? Uh, every single month. That, that doesn't work. However, having said all that, this does not mean that the whole concept is bad, right? It means that the math was just, yeah, not correctly done behind it. And um, But I would, I would caution the notion of NFT in gaming, great token, crypto token in, in uh, gaming, or oh, stay away, because that seems to be a bit of the trend. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I like how you broke that down. It's the economics. It sounds like there was, um, there was bad economics at play, which yes. then caused a lot of these collapses. And then you mentioned not taking into consideration what happens if there is a bear market or what happens if there's changes. Eventually, it was going to implode no matter what. But... Yeah. Like you, you also said, if they paid out so much. There were so many people playing it. It really gave people the idea of what to do next. And sometimes mm -hmm. you have to have people going into something. Maybe they don't do that well, but they kind of set off like, these are the possibilities. Now go and make it better. So I'd love to hear how, tell me about Zero X Battleground. I've seen the video, incredible graphics. Like really, mm -hmm. it, it looks super fun i'm not even really a gamer but i'd love to play it uh so talk to us about the inspiration for this game and then also mm -hmm. how is this game different and the fact of i, I really enjoyed it kind of, i don't know why but it reminds me of of when you were talking there of like only fans i was just mm -hmm. reading about how only fans paid out like 600 million or sorry three billion dollars last year to creators wow. and you know hate <laughs> them or, you know hate them or love their model the fact that they're putting the creator first. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm hearing about games. Their games can still reward the players or creators, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call someone here, I guess would be players. But so talk to me about this game and how are they also, you know, being able to reward the players and those that, that devote a lot of their time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, interesting notion with uh, OnlyFans, but that's great. Um, in our game, uh, what we focused on since we speak about the economy, I mean, iBlocks itself, my person and, and the team of, of data scientists and quant engineers, uh, in addition to game developers, we have a lot of know-how in this um, financial simulations. We are running stress tests of the economy. Um, you know, we, we, we simulate basically everything and we have a quite sophisticated financial model be behind everything that we're doing. And ultimately for us, it's like building a game, which is 
go into this direction of being completely decentralized, you know, decentralized in a way that um, we want the community to participate in the in the success of the game, in in the in in itself the value creation of the game and and most of the of the rewards flow towards that. So this is actually how we have structured the economy. But in order to succeed, um, just because we are we are you know focusing on on this game economy part and and how we are have structured the whole game itself, this is only possible if you solve some other problems first, right? Because ultimately the whole mathematical calculation is ultra simple: inflows should match outflows otherwise the token price will go down right it's not very complicated right it's just like you know, managing or running a normal company and um, ultimately you can only achieve you can only monetize assets or you can only monetize player time if people enjoy the game right if they enjoy something playing without the financial component only then you have a basis um, of, of achieving these uh, these things and that starts with fun gameplay right so we build a game where it's a battle royale style um, where you end up on this island and you compete against others and it's a, it's a shooter game right so season zero is is our beta testing game we did something very funny there um so so we tapped into um a kind of a parody it's it's non-profit um because it's mainly just testing the infrastructure giving the community uh, something to play with to have some fun with and there we um we have this um, fictitious character called simon brain fried and and he's the founder of what the f exchange wtf exchange and he's on this island and your mission is to find simon brain fried and uh put him to justice or bring him to justice put him in prison literally so you end up in this this island you search him he's popping up on the map with some mission instructions where he's currently last seen and then you obviously have to try to rush there fight off all the other players and try to put him in prison and you get points for everything so this is like season zero beta testing to to have the community involved have some fun of it and I think this part is ultra important, right? You need to build a game which the community likes and which is fun. And if you want to have the, the adoption and the scalability, I think a second point is ultra critical. And that's something that is really missing in the market. So right now you have about 1.8 million active wallets, if you exclude Bitcoin, in, in general, in blockchain. Half of that, like you mentioned at the beginning, is associated with gaming mostly. So gaming, clearly um, the, the largest sector of, of all the active um, uh, or of all the blockchain activity. But still, I mean, compare it. 1.7 million active um, wallets, active people, versus almost 3 billion active gamers worldwide. So as a game publisher or as a game developer in Web3, you have to ask yourself, okay, what, what is it that you're targeting? Are you targeting 1.7 million wallet users or are you targeting 3 billion gamers out there? Because if you want to target the 3 billion gamers out there, you have to build the game in a completely seamless way when it comes to blockchain technology. You cannot ask them to say, please here, set up a wallet, MetaMask, install, then bridge tokens from one chain to the other, or open up a trading account first at, at one of the large exchanges, then figure out how to do a transfer. You will lose them, right? This is not possible. So you have to focus on, on making this whole approach completely Web2 oriented. So... In our sense, uh, in Xerox Battleground, you literally download the game 
and the wallet and everything happens in the background. The wallet is automatically generated on your local machine, so you have custody um, over your, your 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 cryptocurrencies then, and you can literally start gaming, right? And and that's that's an important point of the of of the whole um, adoption when you're looking at um, uh, from a marketing perspective. If the if the people then want to um, buy uh, NFTs or anything like that you should provide a fiat on-ramp or an NFT checkout that it can use your credit card because that's what the Web2 gamers used to, right? So these things, I think, are absolutely critical. Yeah, the ease of use of things drove me crazy in 2021, 2022. Yeah. I remember there was a few, these big names, and they would do a drop or something would come out. I think mm -hmm. one I spent like four, five hours one day trying to buy. And I'm like, yeah. this would never, like any other industry they would be like fired, you know, like it, it was just such, it was such a bad experience to, to your point. Nothing really went into the customer experience of yeah. the ease of things like buying on websites gotten easier, but buying in crypto just got harder. So I, I appreciate the fact that you're, you're looking at how do you make it really easy and seamless in the background versus like you having to know about all these things in the forefront. And that's what, that's what turned me off um, from a lot of these, some of these games and other things. And yeah probably a lot of people the same because we don't necessarily have all this time in the day to study just to play. Um, I, I think that's the most uh, important point of when it comes to gamers. Um, traditional gamers are, can be quite negative towards crypto gaming. And I think this is the number one reason the game not being fun to play because they're like thinking, okay, what is, what is this that I'm playing here? And the second is how do I play, right? Even if they want to, like you make it impossible. I mean, even, us, right, as, as um, crypto professionals doing nothing but that since many years every day, for us it was difficult to bridge tokens from one chain to the other to play a specific game. I mean, we literally needed like a day for that, right? And that's, that's I mean, how, how do you want to get customers if you make it even difficult for crypto professionals? You know, like that's, yeah, that's, that's an end, uh, that end road, I think. Well, I love the, the, the brain fried. I thought that was funny. I was watching it. I was like, no, the parody, I think gaming parody is always a fun thing. Those are a lot of the games I used to play and like the, this yeah. style, like first person, you know, shooters and all that. So are you going to have, is it multiple games within one? Is that kind of how zero X battleground is going to be? Like you can choose different games to play, or this was just the first test and the actual zero X battleground is going to be something separate. Um, it's basically season zero. So it will make different seasons. It will always circulate around, um, you know, having to defeat others. It's always going to be multiplayer. But this is the first season. And then with the real game launch, which is um, targeted for later on um, in the beginning of the second quarter or something like that. So not, not too far away. Um, the games itself will always have different seasons. So we will implement different maps, different play modes. And uh, then, for example, right now with the Simon Brainfried uh, Wanted game, um, you have to catch him, right, and then put him to prison. That's the game mode that you have to achieve. But in the other games, in, in Season 1, when we really launched the game, this is not going to be the topic anymore. It's mainly, it focuses on, on eSports. So we'll have these leagues and progression, and then uh, qualifying for, for regular tournaments um, is, is one of the core game loops that we're building. And we are having all of these different different uh, maps then, of course, um, available for players to keep the players engaged. And we also, um, our intention
intention is also to build together with the community, right? Because I think one of the huge advantages of, of crypto gaming is community. You are so close to the community and that's a benefit for them, just like for us. We know what they want and they have a say in what they would like to see, right? If the community will vote on and, and we are working towards a, a full DAO structure, so being then later on fully decentralized, if they vote on they want to play the next season on the moon, hey, we're going to play on the moon. I don't care, right? Because Ultimate's not about us. It's about the, the gamers themselves, giving them a good gaming experience. I think that's another piece of why people really enjoy, like you're saying, blockchain games, because most games you have no say. The game comes out, you play the game. The next game comes out, you play the game. But you don't yeah. really have a say in the game. I know... I was actually, um, I used to program games when I was a teenager up until college. I was a heavy, you know, avid gamer. So, and, you know, multiplayer. But looking back, if I was, you know, in that same point right now, I think I'd be even more excited because I have a say in the game. But also, it was always a dream of mine to be a professional gamer. You know, there was that movie in the 80s about, I forget the name of the movie, where the kid, he becomes a professional gamer. And I was like, man, I want to, like, and the yeah. fact that esports now, I'm, I'm seeing it here in the Philippines, and I was just in other parts of Southeast Asia last week. And esports is just massive, and I know the rest of the world is huge. Uh, so it's, I mean, that's that's smart to not just create a game, but to create all these components around uh, around the company, the gaming, and the community um, that that makes sense. Where can people can people download and play the game right now? Um, right now, not yet. Uh, we are about to launch the beta testing. So right now, they would have to join our Discord and um, apply for the beta testing. We have um, quite an active community already. So the, the first um, joiners of the community will have um, priority. So these will be the first um, guys to test the game with us um, together. But um, I would say during March, almost anyone will be able to play the game and um, apply for the beta testing. But at, at the beginning, it's all filtered. So we want to, you know, have a close contact with them. We want to do regular calls with them and, and see, okay, what did they like? What did they didn't like? Uh, and then improve from there as well. So how can people uh, sign up, join the community? Mm -hmm. um, they can just have to go to www.0xbattlegrounds, um, so zero with a, a zero number, um, xbattlegrounds.com, and there there's a join Discord link, um, or find us on Twitter, um, Instagram, um, or Telegram um, under that. Uh, alternatively, they can also go nice. to iblocks.com and, and go from there um, towards the gaming site. Got it. Okay. So zero X battleground. And then I want to dive in a little bit more. We have a few minutes mm -hmm. around uh, just because everything now is really global and I'm not even just talking about gaming, but it, I think it used to be, you had to launch your business in a certain market in a certain region. And then if it's success, you know, it's like you had to follow along this path and everyone had to do it the same way. But now mm -hmm. it's like you can reach people all around the world. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily going to cost you a huge amount of money like it may have in the past because, you know, there's communities, there's referrals, there's affiliates, there's social mm -hmm. media. There's so many avenues now that you can expand and you can get in front of people. So I'd love to hear what are your thoughts on since gaming is just massive, like you mentioned, three billion people around the planet. So when mm -hmm. somebody launches a game like yourself, how does one look at 
global expansion? And if you're looking at that, where do you see a lot of opportunity? Okay. Um, I mean, gaming market is, is huge in Southeast Asia, right? That's certainly one of the areas that you should focus on. But I think um, it's it's like you mentioned, it's, it's global, right? If you want to target the play to earn, then obviously where you are from in, in the Philippines is certainly a, a huge market. It's probably the most famous market for the play to earn uh, economy. Venezuela <coughs> came up um, as well afterwards. Um, I think, you know, countries where... Um, hyperinflation is setting in or there's poverty. I think in these markets, you can always find um, uh, people interested for multiple reasons, right? One, they want to escape their real life that they see and, and be immersed in this game and, and forget about all the problems and challenges. Um, but also um, as an income potential, because obviously in, in play to earn and play earn and own or whatever you want to name it, you have the opportunity to earn some money doing th something that most people love to do, right? So I would focus global uh, for sure. With the online world um, that we are living in now, um, you should focus on global. But there's certainly some markets that are sticking out. Southeast Asia, Philippines, Venezuela, these countries certainly are primed for, for play to earn. But we, we are completely global. It's also because um, our game is a bit more high end. Um, so we, we um, structure it in a way that um, we also focus on Europe. Uh, North and South America as well, but uh, Middle East here and, and Asia. So we're li literally having a completely global approach. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it looks like a really fun game, a fun <laughs> game first, and then you get other components, uh, which is yeah. amazing. But uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate you being here. So it's Dominic from iBlocks, Zero X Battleground. Make sure everyone joins the community. Get in there. I'm excited for March because I want to play. I don't even play games really. But I want to play this game. Uh, well, I'm excited hey. for yeah, it would be great. I signed, I signed up for the list. So, uh, and I love your community. And and like you mentioned, I can tell that you're passionate. That you are really actually passionate about community, not just saying that. I think mm -hmm. many people say it, but they don't really live it. And so appreciate yeah. that as well. But if somebody wants to get in touch with you personally, and maybe it's not about zero X, maybe it's more about iBlocks. How can mm -hmm. they they find you? Or they can write me, they can email me at dm for Dominic Meyer at iblocks.com or info at Xerox Battleground. But they can also find me in Discord. So um, I have to check my crypto handle. Um, it's Crypto Gamer in Discord. So if they want to um, get in touch with me there, um, I'm, I'm trying to spend as much time in the Discord as possible. This Friday, actually, we have, uh, we have an, an Ask Me Anime, um, anything um, in the Discord channel. So you can, you can find me anywhere. Um, I'm always approachable um, as much as time allows, of course. But uh, I try my best to be in touch with the community. And, and really, thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you, Dominic. And uh, hopefully we'll see you. We'll bring you back in March, maybe March, April when the game launches. And then we can uh, we can dive into how the success is going then. But thanks again for being here. And thank you all for listening to another episode of MetaTalks. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe and visit metatalks.com. That's talks with a Z.